Nation Radio, SNR. Welcome to the locker room, everybody. And, of course, that's the show killer, Brian Lamartina, doing his best to torpedo us coming out of the gates. <laughs> oh, yes. Dungeon Wolf in the locker room with Matt Williamson. And it's, uh, what is it? Today's Tuesday. It is Tuesday. Yeah. You know? They it's, all do kind of run together a little bit. Yeah, you get a little bit uh, goofed up here. Absolutely. Uh, you know, you get a little bit, uh, you know, discombobulated. And yeah. uh, before you know it, Gadzooks, it's... Uh, midway through preseason. Here. Midway through. And, and here we go. Today's the first cut-down date, I believe, isn't oh, it? Oh, I think you're right. I, yeah. I forgot about that. It's a I minimal think, one. I think they're only cutting like five guys. Right? Yeah, they Something only like go... That. Let's see. I got my notes here which somewhere. and not that difficult Tuesday, August 17th, with. which would be today. they got to get down to 85. Okay. Yep. And then, then uh, real quick, see. I just want to ask your thoughts on this. Like, yes, it seems to me, I I look at it from like if I'm the linebackers coach, if I'm Jerry O or the offensive line coach, and I got a room full of these guys, and I got two guys in the back of the room that are trying their best to be a Pittsburgh Steeler, a professional player, but I know they're going to be in this group of cutdowns. I only have so many minutes in the day as a coach. I mean, do those guys get ignored or? Does it get to a point where I just don't have time for you anymore? You know what I mean? Well, you know, the the thing about it is I know that um, Chuck Knoll used to say and tell his assistant coaches, look, first of all, you got, you cut the guys that can't do what you mm-hmm. need them to do. Yeah. And then you and cut the guys. right away, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. And then you cut the guys that won't do what you okay. need them to do. And you really go about your business like that. It's yeah. a difficult process. I mean, this first cut wave though is the cans. Yeah, it's yeah, it's the yeah, cans. Right. Yeah. You know, it, there's obviously guys that they just can't do what you need them to do, and, mm-hmm. and that's that's where it goes. Uh, the next one will be, and of course, the next one will be uh, Tuesday, August 24th, so a week from today. Soon. Yes, a week from. They'll be today, down yeah. to 80, and then the 31st is the final the 53. Final. Okay. Uh, so you've got to make all those decisions by then, and it's certainly it's not a fun day, you know. No. I mean, Even I remember and right. forty-one years ago. I remember, you know, my final cutdown day, and I, I remember, you know, what it was like. It was kind of like a little unnerving. You're like going, well, you know, I'm, I may be Gandhi here, you know. Nine. How many of your years were you worried? Um. I'm just sure the first one, actually. Okay, I mean, you know, starter at that point. It's like I'm, I'm second year. I became, yeah, yeah. It, you know, and it just never really thought about it all that much. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, it, it it can happen. It can happen to anybody. Sure. You know, I mean, and you never know when you fall out of disfavor with a, a coach. You know, whether all of a sudden he starts looking sideways at you, or they pick some guy in the fifth round. That, wow, I didn't think he was that good. Well, think about it. Let's yeah. look, look at Schobert. Yeah. Okay. Right. right. Schobert has, has got un, uh, just unbelievable success behind him as a track record. His mm-hmm. resume is, speaks to uh, having a very pretty strong, good, yeah. yeah, very strong years. And yet, you know, you, you fall out of favor with uh, a new coach comes in, and yeah. all of a sudden Urban Myers is like, going, I don't think he's fit, quite fits our scheme. The scheme's well, a little different, and right. I don't know. I mean, I think they, some people just like shiny new things and like to put their stamp on the team and. You know, maybe get some of the big leaders and personalities out and get their own in. Uh, real quick, I just want to mention, too, like in your day, though, it wasn't like, 
as you know, Wolf's making ten million and he's only worth no. eight. So yeah. we gotta get rid of him. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, I wish it would have been. <laughs> right, right. That would get rid of so me for terrible. eight million, right, baby. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, so it wasn't as big a deal with, you know, is he worth the money? You know, it's like he's a starter, we're keeping him. You know, he's right. a quality player. You know, times have changed. It was different, you know, and yeah, I mean the the salary cap has ushered in a whole new sort of bean counting. Mm-hmm. And the, and speaking of contract, yeah. they, they, they reworked stuff on Tewitt's contract now. Yeah. Um that was that was interesting. Did you look into that for any particular reason? I, I, I don't think it's... I, I, I would imagine... Look, they're already under the cap. They have some spending money. Uh, so I know TJ's looming. That's that's the whole thing I figure. It's yeah. just going to be such a, a barn burner of a contract that you had to go Maybe out and restructure. a little more freedom, yeah. <laughs> uh, real quick, the cut-down day, I just wanted to mention. There, I, I think I did it for five guys, but I was that guy would go tap on your shoulder... Hey, the head coach wants to see you. You know, like that wasn't. Oh, a fun you had job to do either. that. Yeah, oh, it wasn't that a real fun job because everyone knew who's this guy from upstairs wearing khakis and a button up that I don't know real well. Tap me on the shoulder, go upstairs on cut day. Like they knew what exactly this was coming. Obviously, oh, there's no <laughs> doubt when, when <laughs> right. the Turk comes knocking. Right, like yeah, you know, bring, he, bring here's your the thing. playbook. John Kolb in his second year, all the way back in what was, must have been like 1970, 71, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, John had just started working the, with the first team, uh, and and this uh, the young boy, one of the equipment guys who used to be the door knockers back then. Yeah, uh, comes up to John and um, you know he says, "Hey, uh, uh, Coach Noel wants to see you." Now they're up at training camp, and John was like stunned. He was like, "I thought it was past that." Yeah, yeah right, I mean, right, you right. know, here I just got moved up to the first team. I'm, I, I think I'm playing well, mm-hmm. and now Coach Noel wants to see me now. You know, he didn't. He didn't think. You know, he was sitting there going, "Oh God, the kid leaves," and so he's about ready to go. And he takes his. He's so mad. He takes his playbook and he slams it against the the brick wall, and it just blows up, and like five hundred papers go floating <laughs> everywhere. Right? You know, what I mean, he's really mad. And then he's sitting there thinking, "Well, you got to turn it. Well, let Chuck pick it up, okay?" So he goes and goes to just Chuck's leaves room, it, yeah, and he leaves it, and he knocks on the door, and you know, Coach Noel answers, and he goes. Uh, Hey, John, come on in. I just, you know, I want to tell you, you know, so he's talking to him, and, and, and John's like going, just get to the cut. And cut yeah, okay? right, right. Let's get, let's get it done right, with, right, okay? Yeah. And he starts to take out pictures when he was on vacation, you know, and he starts to, because, John, I know you are you live on a farm, you know, you're a rancher guy. Yeah, from, yeah. You know, uh, just, he's got some pictures of woodpeckers and everything, you know. Coach and, does. Yeah. Okay. And he's showing John, and John's like, <laughs> Would you just cut me already? Would you, right, yeah, would right, you just right. cut me and get over this agony of showing me pictures, right? I don't and care so, about the woodpecker. Right sudden, now, yeah. and, and Chuck goes, well, I, I thought you'd be interested, but maybe not, you know, because John was just kind of agitated. And, and John goes, you, you're going to cut me? or?" And Chuck goes, what? <laughs> I looks at him, and John goes, oh, you know, and he goes, oh, okay, he leaves. And, you know, he's all happy and everything, yeah. all happy and until he got back to shambles. his room. <laughs> <laughs> like, what did I do? Yeah, my he had to start picking them going, well, page one, page two <laughs> of 500 pages or whatever it was. I thought it was hilarious, you know. You don't normally have that sort of joy ending at the meeting with the, with the head coach during training camp. Yeah, right, You know, right. when, when one of the door knockers comes, you know, the Turks. It's not good, right. No, it's not a good Never thing. Never good, right. So. My last story along those is when I got let go with the Browns because – 
we knew that we were. Did you have to knock it on your own door? In a way. <laughs> like, I'm just thinking how awkward that'd be. <laughs> Matt, you have to go cut yourself. Matt, come on. Okay, here, knock on the door. We had, Phil Savage was in charge of the Browns at that point. He had taken over after the season, our, my second GM while I was there. And so we went through the whole draft, and then the next day, that Monday, he has 15-minute blocks set up with every scout. And I'm okay. one of the 15, and I'm waiting there, you know, to, to see him. And the guy in front of me had been hired the same time I was, leaves Phil's door, throwing stuff, ah, heck with you, you know, not happy. Not happy camper. And I walked in, I'm like, um, same situation, right? Yeah, right. I think I was in there maybe a minute. Like, I'm just going to drive back to Pittsburgh. Let's not sugarcoat this. Will you be a reference for me if I need it? Yes, thanks, bye, gone. You know, and they hired people behind me. I mean, they took my office the next day, you know. Just because it's about getting your own people. Yeah, right, right, right. right. I mean, think about he it. Hired Urban a bunch Meyer. Of from the Ravens, you know, that he knew. I mean, yeah, you Daniel know. Jeremiah's on uh, NFL Network, took my office. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, right next to Jim Brown. Well, next time we see him, we got to go pummel him. <laughs> <laughs> go beat him up, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just got a little out yeah. there. <laughs> I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, I mean, you, you think about these situations when a new regime comes in, they do want their own people. Yeah. You know, but and it's, it's not always a good move. No, it's it is. Well, I guys, think, you know, yeah, right? Schobert, you're telling me, and some of the word coming out is. Is they were talking about the fact he's kind of like, uh, you know, he, he's not one of those high energy rah rah screaming and you know banging okay. your head against the wall guys. So what? So you know, what? I mean, Mike Webster wasn't either, right? You know, makes me wonder. Urban Meyer coming from entirely the college background with cheerleaders and you know hundreds of thousands at Ohio State and boosters and rah rah supreme, and frankly, you know, giving Tebow a job. Is that what he's looking for? I mean, if so, he might be looking for the wrong thing at this level. I want professionalism. No, by the <laughs> way, I, mean? I happen to see a film clip of Tebow. You see him walking? Yeah, you know what? He got the job done. I know everybody. Oh, I didn't I, think so. Oh, he did. <laughs> he that one, he logged it. You know, here's the thing about it. When you pull across the back, all yeah. right, like that. He got caught about a minute ago, guy, by the way. Did he? Yeah. 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 Okay. He, the guy closes. And I'm sitting there going, I'd like to. There's a number of other players presented that same situation. He had a little reverse roll. He got the block done. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, anything yeah. great. But let me tell you something. There's a lot of guys that don't block great in the NFL. Oh, there's a lot of tight ends I, that are really poor. I ain't talking about just tight ends. I mean, on, on traps. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let me tell you something. As, as an old headbanger. All right, when you run into a parked car like a defensive end who knows in a trapping scheme from the Steelers, you're gonna he's looking for you. Mm-hmm. That's one hellacious collision. Yes, yeah, I, I mean that I is bet. just that is a nasty collision. And there's a lot of people that I've seen curl up in fetal position worse than Tebow mm-hmm. just because you know, there's just so many people out there. I don't know. They they seem to be Tebow haters. Sure. You know? And it, it, to me it's like, oh come on. Uh <laughs> you know, get over it. But the fact is, you know, uh, a guy like Schobert, though, if he doesn't quite fit your rah-rah stuff, is, do you think that's enough to get you out? No, not at all. Does it, it, for a six-round pick and you're picking up some of his contract, too? Like, It's not like you have all these cat problems or you have three young, amazing linebackers that have to get on the field behind you. You know, Live with a, a good leader that's going to help you win games and establish some sort of culture. I, I, I don't know. I think Kevin's gotten really good. I don't say the, the dumb teams are the bad teams, but the – the teams look searching for themselves. He tends to take advantage of once in a while. Oh, you want you're you're done with Minka? Oh, you're done with Hayden? Oh, you're done with Schobert? We'll take him, sure. I mean, it kind of reminds me like Belichick gave up a fifth round pick for Randy Moss. 
<laughs> you know, then the Raiders were in a mess. Well, you don't like that Moss guy didn't play well for you? We'll give you a fifth. Come on to New England. Sure. You know, I, I sit there and I go, how do you, how do you, how do you convince them that? Well, you pick up part of the salary. Yeah. How do you sure we'll, we'll give you a six if you if you pay half of it or part of it? Yeah, I I don't wow. even know how how you got that done. I mean, I, I can't believe another team wouldn't take wouldn't give you a fifth and take the salary. You know, give you more and not need you to pay any of the bill. You already picked up the whole signing bonus. That's like amazing <laughs> to me. It is. Did you, did you did you work a little bit of you know Jedi mind trick on the guy? I you think know, you did a little Star Warsy and type right, stuff. Like Colbert's in there just going, here, uh, by the way, you want to – I'll <laughs> take Schobert off your hands for a six. You'll be happy about it. These are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> and, and by the way, uh, you're going to pay half his salary. Yeah, while you're at it, why don't you uh, write us a I, That's To me, it's phenomenal it because I, I think about this guy. You watch him on tape and you see how he, you know, he can run, he can hit. Mm-hmm. Now, he might not fit the – uh, the the uh, Urban Meyer, you know, a downhill banger that he maybe if that's what you want. I don't know. The guy made a, he's been over a hundred tackles yeah. all, every year in the NFL. I don't basically. think he's a finesse player. No, he doesn't I mean, look like a finesse player. Two forty ish. I mean, he's a pretty well built guy. I haven't seen him in person yet, but I mean, he's not bashful about taking on fullbacks and guards and things like that either. He's not just a total runaround guy. No, but he's really good in coverage. He's he's, he's really good in coverage. I think that that's. Uh, the the one area that you could really exploit it obviously having some issues but again here's the thing so far that that we've also seen the the coverages are so vanilla and oh, right, you know right, right. I mean you know people say well spoiling well look you know if you're if you're just we're in man and it's gonna be man the whole game <laughs> uh, there's not a lot of guys that can run with backs no that's you know a tough and, and make great plays all the time I mean, and on the first broadcast I think Coach Tomlin said. We're not out scheming anybody, no. you know. We just want to see who can cover, who can rush, you know. Real who simple can situation. Block. Who can block the basics? And then he even said, you know, after the Eagles game, Joe Flacco might not be what he used to be as a Super Bowl winning quarterback, but he's been around the block many times. You give him predictable coverages. I don't care who his receivers are. He's going to pick you apart. You know, it's that's Blaine exactly running around it. all day, and that's you know, why right. you don't want to. I'm I'm watching, and it's not like Splain's not in the picture or anything like that. No, but no. You see, you know, all everywhere. You go to any NFL team and take a look at it, right? And you got linebackers in trail on all the time, you know, all the time, and right. it, it's just one of those things where right now it's about guys trying to see who can do the very basic fundamentals, mm-hmm. not get schemed and all that other stuff. Uh, and, and find out what they're capable of doing. I think in a way it's almost like when we get in a bind, Robert or you know Spillane or one of these guys, and you have to play man coverage against a guy that's better than you because sometimes they're inevitably going to out-scheme you pre-snap or whatever, and everybody remembers Keenan Allen on Bostick, and that's not what you want, of course, but it still happens in every game across the, the league. So when it inevitably does and we get ourselves in a bad matchup, can you at least hold your own? You know, so I think that you know, you're finding those things out in the preseason, and I think Schober more than holds his own. No, there's no question about it. I, I I'm still not I'm not down on Spillane. I think the mm-hmm. guy the guy has done well. I think he's uh, probably got better run stopping capabilities than maybe pass yeah. coverage. But at the same time, he did some really good things underneath last year. And again, all you got to do is go back to. The Baltimore tape when he when he picked six Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. he didn't do that. Just you know, he makes plays. He makes plays. He does. He does. And you know, and I think it's just adding to the stockpile. Kevin Colbert's been doing a great job of uh, 
bringing little, some people in. Little and, moves, big moves. I mean, I've been praising them for the Hags and Bellages and Killebrews that they paid like next to nothing for. When everyone's signing $12 million left tackles, he's adding little pieces. And they've all worked out well. And now your bargain bin shopping with Turner and Ingram and Schobert, that's great work. It is great work. And we're going to talk some more about some of the great work Kevin Colbert's been doing. we got coming up the great Jim Wexel from Steel oh, City Insiders. Uh, coming up next on SNR, we'll be back after this. Let's go play some ball. Always talking black and gold football on SNR. Welcome back to the locker room. Dungeon Wolf. Matt Williamson, show killer Brian Lamartine. <laughs> That's just that just fits. But we got to welcome into the locker room a great friend, brother. Uh, we've we've had here for a number of years now. But uh, the great Jim Wexel from Steel City Insiders. Hello, Wex. How are you, my friend? Okay, that didn't work. <laughs> All right. Hello, Wex. Are you there? I'm here. There oh, go. there right. he is. And Larry Martinez, like, okay, good. <laughs> he, he's going to bat me in the back of the head here. It's like, what are you doing? How are you doing? here for a couple minutes before that. Good. Well, you, you missed my uh, chortle when you said the great Jim Wexel, uh, but I'm your great friend, yes. Yes, indeed. Um, and thank you for having me on. All right. Well, How are we doing today? We are doing fine. First Perfect. of all, before we get into some, some meat here, I got I to gotta ask you, having penned, really, uh, the definitive work on Troy Palomalo, the book called Palomalo, which is right by my nightstand, by the way. I just uh, It was a great book, Wex, again. But when you watched Troy get up and speak at the Hall of Fame, what, was your, what were your thoughts? Let this man talk. <laughs> and I was also hoping he wouldn't spend as much time as I expected on gratitude. You know how he is. Mm-hmm. And uh, he only had eight minutes, and uh, knowing him, he could have thanked people for ten minutes, right. at least. And so I wanted to hear from his heart. I wanted to hear his wisdom, and we did. And yeah. we also got gratitude, but it wasn't in the usual way. It was in story form. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. I was really— And I haven't— Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, buddy. No, go ahead. Go well, ahead. I was just overwhelmed by um, his— Really, it, his bearing of his soul. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. That that it takes a lot to stand up there. I would imagine, and having the high profile of such that Troy does, and then to really give you a little bit of insight into behind the curtain stuff in his in his brain. Uh, you know, you got to be impressed by that. It really impressed me. Right. Um, I loved, and it seemed like he had put it in on the fly. I loved how he said, if you're good enough, they'll say you could have played for us. Yeah. And he looked at Franco, <laughs> and Franco nodded. Uh, Troy chortled a little bit as if Franco had just said that to him. You could have played with us. That was my feeling. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't have doubted and, that. And Jim, one thing that I don't stood know out to what me. That, Go ahead. I don't know what that would have meant for Donnie Shell, but um, – Yes, Troy could have played for them somewhere. And uh, I loved how he worked that in because now the next group will be able to tell Minka 
you could have played for us and so on. <laughs> you know, the, the, the 2000 team, it will become part of the culture. And uh, that, that, that team of the 2000s was great in its own right. So the same kind of thing will, will happen. It's funny you bring up culture just now because that's what stood out to me with his speech was, you know, you mentioned the gratitudes, but he, he talked about how so many people in his family, aunts and uncles and Kennedy, of course, and all these people helped raise him and how, you know, he got so much from their guidance from a, you know, a village raised him. Did you really get that impression when you're doing the, your homework on the book about him too? Well, that's why I named it Polo Malu. Oh, okay. And I explained yeah. that, you know, I, I, for one, it's great for the SEO search engines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for, for, <laughs> for two, um, it really, and I told the family this as I was interviewing and why I was going to call it that. It, they all played a part, and what a great village. And and, and the, the family really, really likes the book. I, I had uh, lunch with Shelly Polamalu, and uh, she she just could not say enough good things. But, um, uh, you know, I, I, I was impressed with how he because there are people who left him there are people in his family who let him down father left him for his other family the day he was born mm. uh mom took him to oregon uh brother was in a gang right and uh, how did how was he going to work that how was he going to leave some on leave some off was he going to thank them all and he he did it brilliantly he he, he did just the way you said it arthur uh uh, mothers and fathers and cousins and older brothers. He only had one older brother, but it seemed like the other cousins in Oregon were like older brothers. So he worked all of that in just beautifully, just a beautiful speech. I loved it. And again, it gave him great insight. And again, I always tell this one story about Troy because it always impressed me so much. It went on Steelers Friday uh, practices. They would have some special needs kids in. And one of the things that always impressed me was, of course, how the players at large will come along, these kids in wheelchairs and, and walkers and that, and they will spend time with, with the kids just, you know, just talking to them. But the one guy that always came up, and would take, he would crouch down or take a knee so that he was on eye to eye level with these kids in a wheelchair was Troy. And that has always impressed me. He didn't stand or loom over them like a larger than life character. You know, he was one of these guys that looked the child eye to eye. And I just always found that so very impressive and spoke to his unbelievable caring spirit. So I think you got it all right, Wex. That's one heck of a Well, book. you know, you, well, you try to get some of these people like Michelle Rosenberg to talk about some of the volunteer work, and they are uh, pledging to his secret, uh, to keep it secret, to his promise that he not tell people about his good deeds. So that says a lot right there. Exactly. Quick story story about my little daughter. She might have been six years old. I was talking to Willie Parker in an interview. I had my tape recorder going, and Willie said, today is my birthday. It's Veterans Day. I said, wow, Willie, same birthday as my daughter. She's uh, a Veterans Day. And he went on about how, how special she must be to have been born on this day. It's, it is truly <laughs> one of the great days. And, and my tape recorder was running. I played it for my daughter, and she became a fast Willie Parker fan, right? So I say, hey, Willie, my daughter wants to meet you. She's a little kid with, you know, and then one of the neighbor kids wants to come. Oh, yeah, sure. So I tell them, I said, now, don't, here's your autograph books. Now, don't be asking any of the other players for autographs. If Willie's going to give you his autograph and you're going to take a picture, that's who you want here to meet. I'm like, okay, I couldn't wait to meet Willie. And Kiesel comes out. And I said, 
geez, where's Willie? Where's Fast Willie? And he goes, Willie, he might be Fast Willie on the field, but he's slow Willie Parker off the field. <laughs> and then comes Troy. And if you know Troy, he's always last, except when he's on a team with slow Willie Parker. <laughs> Troy's always last out of the locker room. Here comes Troy. And I said, oh, hi, Troy. This is my daughter, Samantha. He goes, can I sign an autograph for you? And he got down, just like you said. He got yep. down, looked at, you know, she looked at me, like, because he's not allowed, right? Right. But Troy, yeah. So that, that, that's, that's awesome. Troy. It's yeah. just amazing. All right. All right, so. Uh, kicking it over now. Joe Schobert lands in the Steelers' lap. Wex, I'm sitting here like going, "How does it's like manna from heaven?" You know, you you go, you go out, you get Minka a couple of years ago. You know, when you need a Minka, now all of a sudden you got the Schobert landing in your lap. I mean, this is this is Kevin Colbert at his finest. <laughs> it's like it's it's like it's scripted. You know, you you uh, you believe in God and you believe in how the future is uh, at his command and uh, his direction and it's like uh you know you're gonna need an inside linebacker who can cover and who kills you all the time but since since they're embarrassed still about joe hayden we're gonna have to let him veer to jacksonville for a year before you can get him (laughs) (laughs) so so, wow i mean hey it's same as melvin ingram same as trey turner you know colbert's really I, I know he had to give up a sixth-round pick, and I, I could be wrong about this, but there are some uh, con- there's some conjecture going around that if j- the general Joe Haig doesn't make the club this year, that they get a sixth-round pick back in the compensatory. So, and then they get next year's compensatories for Bud and uh, one of the other guys too. So, yeah, they got picks know. coming their way for sure. And Bud yeah. will probably yield Colbert's, third, uh, right? Colbert's playing this like a Stradivarius. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I, I I had no idea because you know I'm I'm not much in the bean counting way. As a matter of fact, uh, having flunked math twice, <laughs> who's ever going to listen to me as far as that goes? But the fact is, you get a Schobert, and he was the Steelers' killer. I mean, Mike Tomlin talked about it. You know, he says quite frankly, he beat us in Cleveland last year. Uh, right. What do you see about he this said guy? That, yeah. Yeah, he said that. I think you wrote about that. He said that last year before the Jacksonville game. Yeah. He said frankly. He beat us. Yes, he has. <laughs> and and now he's ours. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's played against the what? Steelers seven times as a Browns player, and he's one and six. But the one he was a, he was a dominant force in that game. Yeah. Oh, he's actually one one five and one or one six and one. He's, oh, he's okay. High, and he re- returned a fumble like thirty yards to give them the ball at like the twelve in overtime, and. They backed up a few yards and then kicked it into T.J. Watt, and it ended a tie. But Schobert said, Schobert left the field saying, "I gave you that win." <laughs> so exactly, he should have given them two wins. <laughs> Jim, after the Schobert move, I think this defense is in a better spot now than it was one year ago going into the season. Do you agree? I do. Yeah. I do. Two two inside linebackers who can run and cover. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's even going to be. Three and outside this is, linebackers. This blows my mind. This this is going to be yeah three outside linebackers too. This is going to be um, competition for Devin Bush and dimes. Devin Bush may not play three downs all the time. I mean they can mm-hmm. rotate these guys to keep them fresh. But who would have thought that after they did all that trading to move up for Devin? And now they have two guys who can do it. And uh, 
Schobert's talking about wearing the green dot. I don't know how feasible that is and how quickly he can assimilate all this. But you got two guys that can apparently do it all for three downs. And, uh, wow, uh, just stay healthy. And you, then you've got some more depth and uh, you've got some young guys to develop. It's like they're not missing a beat, you know. It is amazing. You know, just to, to Matt's point, think about this. And the, they had an ESPN poll out there, right? So I guess Jeremy Fowler did one of these. And so you got the number one safety by 60 mm-hmm. executives, players, and coaches yeah, that he right, interviewed. Right. You got Minka Fitzpatrick. Then you got the number two pass rusher in T.J. Watt. <laughs> you got the number four defensive tackle in Cam Hayward. You got the number eight defensive tackle in Steph uh, Tuitt. Uh, where do you think uh, where do you think Joe ends up being the Schobert as far as uh, you know ranked as a linebacker? Well, I'll rank him a lot higher if he can play cornerback in this all star <laughs> team you have. But, <laughs> I, I don't know that he ranks. I, you know, he the, the opinions in Cleveland were split. We're calling him Joe the Show here in the media. I don't know right. anyone else calls him that, and. Uh, in some in Cleveland called him Slow Joe, mm-hmm. and I don't really know that he's slow, but that was my first reaction when it seemed like Jacksonville just gave up on him. And it's... but uh, you know, talking to Joe and talking to others, it's um, it, it's a real mess apparently in Jacksonville. And Joe said his defensive coaches were shocked when he told them he was traded. So that sounds reasonable yeah, maybe, to me. It sounds like he hasn't lost anything, and he's only twenty-seven. I keep seeing that he's twenty-eight. He turns twenty-eight in November. Hmm. You know, I turned sixty-one in November, and I'm sixty. <laughs> I'm sixty until October thirty-first. I better not see it any anything else. <laughs> Jim, does corner worry you a little bit, though? Sounds like it did. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Matt? Yeah, it sure sounded like it did. I mean, <laughs> pass rush sure helps, but I, I can see the concern. Well, well I go I ahead, Jim. I kind of like this mallet. I kind of like this mallet. He's, he's feisty. He's, as Tomlin said, he's an NFL dude. And, uh, you know, they've got a, a develop, developing guy in Brooks. Uh, but it looks like mallet's going to steal that job. And yeah. then Cam, you know, Cam is the question mark. Deep and things like that. Now there's a great pass rush going to be generated. So it's not it's not like Cam is slow, okay? But he's the question mark, and Joe Hayden is getting older, so that question will always be there. But I'm not so concerned about that. Uh, but uh, Cam, okay, let's see what he has. And uh, you know the third guy, Pierre, is undrafted, and really nobody knows why. The expl- explanation I got is because no one had a physical on him. It came out in the COVID draft. And there was no combine, and they feel like they got a steal of a six foot two corner. But, I agree, man. You watch. You just we'll, put we'll, that tape we'll on. We'll see more. Yeah, we'll see more. Uh, what, but right now, when they're playing just basic vanilla stuff, this stuff is so vanilla you can get a milkshake out of it, right? And you you watch mm-hmm. a, a Flacco and and some of these other quarterbacks we were talking about this earlier, Matt and I. You know, you're just going to play basic, you know, cover. You're going to do, you know, man coverage, some basic cover two zone stuff. Very little, you know, as far as anything, uh, you know, getting highfalutin there. And 
you know, they're going to find out, can you stand up and, and cover? And you know what? I love the fact that James Pierre is battling in there. You watch him, especially when he lays off in coverage and plays a cover two, and you see the slants. I mean, when that, that receiver stems to the ball, you watch Pierre drive on that ball. He, he really does a good job of timing it to come downhill on that. Yeah, I, I've seen some of that, and um, uh, Cam Sutton did that the other day, but he dropped the pick in the two-minute drill that yes. Haskins eventually put in the end zone. Yep. Uh, he made a great play, but he just dropped it. And uh, so, yeah, and Tomlin I mean, let him know, too. You know, yeah. in the, in the <laughs> aftermath, Tom saying, you don't give these quarterbacks <laughs> another go if you already got them. If you got one boot on his throat, you don't you know, drop a ball and give these guys another chance. That's right. That's right. So, uh, you know, now we're just – it's like we're just starting to nitpick now. You know, it's not like teams are going to be looking to get Jarvis Landry in a slot with the, in coverage with Robert Spillane. Right. Okay, no, you, you, got, right. you got Schobert now. You got Schobert. You got Bush. Okay, well, I'll take that chance because we might get to the quarterback, and these guys are going to give representative coverage. So uh, I don't know that the mismatches are going to be as easy to find this year. You know, some of the things, too, that's that's popping up in my head. I don't know if anybody else has been noticing, but I I, I love the work Trey Edmonds has been doing. Hmm. Anybody watching him on Trey. special teams and some of the blocking? You're talking about t- Trey, not Terrell. Yeah, I'm talking about Trey. Trey Edmonds, I, he's been blocking some people. He's been running over people. He's been catching the ball. Uh, do, you know, I love what he's doing on offense. You said special teams. Yeah, well, I hadn't gotten I to. Seen- yeah, special teams and offense. Well, he's going to. He's going to have to still be doing it on special teams because, right. because you know, two, keeping two fullbacks, I know you're a little, little thin at tight end. I, I, I mean, you can justify it, and you can maybe cut an extra running back and maybe keep just five receivers and really stock your practice squad with things that you're short at. But, uh, you know, championship teams don't cut people like Trey Edmonds. You just don't. He's Valuable like five, role. six years in the league. He's that he's – that, in his prime, veteran, making uh, low money, uh, just will do anything for you, and by looks of it, can do anything for you. I, he's been he's been one of the surprises of camp, really. And I've been a absolutely fan all along, but this one he's standing out. He really so is to know. me. I, I was wondering what yeah, I was wondering what your thought process was because just watching, I was just last night. I'm sitting there watching some film. And he just, uh, you know, H-back comes along, blows the end man up on the line. Like, okay, I've seen this thing again. Yeah. You know, he did it in Canton. He did it here against uh, the Phillies, uh, you know, the Philly Eagles. And, and you look at these guys and you go, wow, this guy, he catches just about every ball thrown to him. And he, and he you know, ma- he, he matriculates his way down the field, as it were. I mean, the offensive uh, line takes all the heat, but those peripheral blockers need to do a better job than they did last year, too. Oh, Full there's no question. and tight ends yes. and receivers and, you know, yes. no question. Well, Gentry's a better blocker, and, you know, Raider has always been a decent blocker if you need that. Um, you know, I, I saw General Haig running as the uh, third tight end. In, General uh, Haig. <laughs> I like that. Well, he's in charge. He's yeah. in charge of the third tight end position now that Banner's back. I uh, I uh, I kind of want to see Dan Moore do that. Yeah, and, you know, no. okay, let's let's pretend we're going to throw him a pass, maybe. Because he showed some mobility in the open field on that screen in that first game. And so he's not really going to be 
the receiving threat that the general was in the Super Bowl before he dropped the Jackie Smith touchdown pass. <laughs> he had to be the sickest general in America. But uh, uh, so, yeah, uh, we're, we're just nitpicking a little bit. And, and Matt's so right about the fringe guys. And Derek Watt really looks good, too. So I think you got to keep a fullback for each of the two carries you're going to use this year at the position. <laughs> oh, Wex, that's wonderful, brother. Thank you so much, my friend. It's always you're a welcome. joy talking with you. And again, the book, Paul Amalu, outstanding, outstanding book. Great job on that, Wex. Thanks so much. I appreciate that. We'll All right, that. brother. We'll talk to you Take next care, week, brother. God willing. All right? All right, thank you so much. We're going to go to break. We'll be back with more right here in the locker room. Black and gold football lives here 24-7. You're listening to SNR. Back in the locker room, Dungeon Wolf with Matt Williamson and Brian Lamartina, otherwise known as the Show Killer. No, it's a, you know, it's it's a it's a misnomer because Brian does the best job getting it out there, but it's just a funny thing. <laughs> I just I love the nickname Show Killer. I mean, that's that that's like a place of honor, you know. That Dan Patrick had that when he had Phil the Show Killer back on in, in his heyday and, and much of the way. And, you know, I think everybody's got to have a Show Killer out Heck there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, then I could be a one-man show killer for all, for all I know. <laughs> all right, we are back in the locker room, of course. And one of the things uh, there was a there was a good article this morning uh, about Kevin Colbert. And, you know, you gotta love the work that Kevin Colbert is doing. It's remarkable, yeah. It really is. I mean, this guy here. If you go back to 2017, you know, you got some junior varsity tight ends, says uh, Mike Tomlin, right? So what's he do? He goes out and gets the Vanimal. Vance McDonald, right? <laughs> Got him the, on the cheap, too. The bionic stiff arm. We yep, all remember yep. that in Tampa. 75 yards, throwing a guy down. I mean, get Zooks. That's, that was some powerful football. That that turned the whole game around. No, without you know? question. And yeah. you go out and you get that dude. Yep. And he's a perfect example, sort of like the guys we were just talking about, the the Schoberts and the Turners and Ingrams of buying cheap. You know, McDonald had a track record. If you recall at that point, that was when the new staff took over in San Francisco. That was Shanahan's first year. Exactly they so. They drafted Kittle in the fourth or fifth round, and why do we need this old guy? I'm bring put my new stamp on the team. Well, another man's garbage is another guy's treasure. You know, I mean, I'm sure Kevin had high grades on all these guys. You can't have them all, and if a team that turns their nose up at a good player wants to give them away to you, you take it. That's a gift. Think about this. In 2017 alone, he brings in the Vanimal, right? He upgraded from Ross Cockrell to Joe Hayden. That's for when free. Joe Hayden. For yeah, free. for I mean, free. Cleveland decided they had no use for him anymore. Right. <laughs> I think for, that was okay, another thanks. Jedi mind trick right, <laughs> right there. That could be, yeah. And then you added J.J. Uh, Wilcox, who was a decent safety. Yeah, he, you know, as right, he right. got some depth there from him, and it basically cost nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, um, 2018, he comes up with Ryan Switzer. When you needed a little, uh, you know. Pump returner was an issue exactly. at that point, Exactly. Someone right, right. to do a little Wes Welkerish type yep. stuff. They didn't want Antonio returning punts at that point either. Exactly. You know? All right. Then 2020, you bring back Josh Dobbs and Sean Davis, mm-hmm. you know, who was uh, the safety. And, you know, you, you get some special teams work out of him and some depth with a guy that's familiar. Well, what's funny about Dobbs is you just traded him for a six-round pick a minute ago, and then you get him back for free. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> How do you that do that? Right, yeah, right, exactly. Right. And then you got the, also in 2020, you got the Dustin Colquitt. He got swapped out for Jordan Berry, then re-swapped. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so the, the fact is, now, oh, well, then let's talk 2021. You signed Trey Turner right after Dave DeCastro's a- a- ankle gives right, him, right, right. becomes a, a major issue. Anymore, right. Think about that. I mean, what, a day or two after you go out and you yep. get a five-time Pro Bowler? Yeah. I mean, um, they do a tremendous job with their their pro scouting, not as as well as their college scouting, but always having a plan. I'm sure that he has a remarkable relationship with agents around the league, who to trust, you know, hey, give me an extra day because we're going to need – I'm going to offer Trey a contract. On Wednesday or whatever, you know, right, you know right. hang tight with me. I'll, I'll never. All that stuff goes on, huh? Yeah, yeah. See, I mean, I, all that communication. That's a, that's a whole world unto yeah. itself. I saw, far, you know, far from me firsthand. But I mean, I wasn't in charge of those things. But it, you realize some teams have better relationships with some agents. And hey, you've never steered me wrong before. I'd love to go, you know, hire your guys and you know, hands wash each other. And as long as Kevin and this staff's been doing it, they know everybody, you know, and, and they have such a good reputation. Everybody wants to work with them. And, you know, the Steelers go back to Harrison and Parker and play people like that. They are an undrafted free agent. You know you're going to get a fair crack here. Not not every NFL team will do that for you. You know, you're going to come in undrafted. If you're the best guy, you're going to make the team. Well, think about this. 2021, Bud Dupree goes to the Titans. Remember the Titans, yeah. right? <laughs> great movie, by it the way. Denzel Washington, that one. That was a great, great movie. Uh, but Bud Dupree goes there, and so what do you do? You get Melvin Ingram. Yeah. He's I still mean, l- you know, lurking around late in the process. Yeah. I, I was. You know, when you you look at the body of work, it gets ridiculous almost. You know I mean? Vince Williams retires, and hello, Joe Schobert. Mm-hmm. You know? No, without question. And what what stands out to me is over that stretch of all those names you mentioned, they were paying a high-priced Hall of Fame quarterback, and they drafted so well that they're keeping their own. They're about to keep Watt and Hayward, and they don't let many people go that they don't want to leave. So it's not like they had lots of salary cap space. I mean, they're bargain shoppers. They're 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 in the dollar bin. You know, I mean, they're at the dollar store shopping and getting really good values. And I think a big trait for that and really showed up this year is just patience. You know, I mean, everyone's excited that first week the free agency opens, but that's when everybody gets overpaid, and that's what happened to Schobert in Jacksonville. They gave him too much money right off the bat because they overreacted. And not that he's a bad player, but everyone has a cost, and he was too big a, a price for them. So you wait around, and I'm not even sure they're done. I mean, a couple of these teams are going to cut the Joe Haydens of the world right, from cut down right. day, and he's too old, you know. We'll take them. <laughs> you know, there's a home here for sure. You know, it's interesting because, uh, to me, how the, the scouting world works is, again, like I said, it's a foreign world to me. Um, just having the opportunity to talk into Kevin and to the legendary Bill Nunn, talking sure, to your, sure. you know, guys like yourself who uh, have put real time in it in the pro level. And you look at it and you go, man, it's like a constant flow of staying on the top of everything. All the time. All the time. I mean, along those lines, my year with the Browns, I was in charge of the NFC West. So I watched every snap of every player in the NFC West as soon as the film came out early in the week, just in case one of those guys got let go or all of a sudden somebody's up for trade that we hadn't suspected. And, you and know, do you have to always, write reports up on it, on that? Oh, yeah. I, just, I would always keep updating it and always have, a, always have an up-to-date grade on everybody in my division. And obviously that became triple important when free agency rolled around. That was our starting point for those guys. 
So it is a big job. You know, like a lot of those guys, it wasn't worth my time watching. I watched Walter Jones and Orlando Pace and guys like that that were mm-hmm. great, and they were fun to watch, but I knew they weren't going to be Browns. They weren't going you know? anywhere. <laughs> right? Yeah, right, right. But, well, I mean, you're watching the bottom of the roster, and, oh, he was – a gunner this game and did pretty well. I didn't know if he had that in him, you know, things like that. So it was my first priority early in the week is get through all that tape of every snap of that division. It's interesting because so much uh, of what Kevin does too is those, these are like late, late training camp positions yeah, right. where you know, it's like you said, people are doing the fire sale or people are doing the, you know, they're, they don't quite fit our personality type thing mm-hmm. and uh, they become available and again, staying on top of the thing, it's like, to me, it's remarkable. And again, it speaks in my mind to the greatness of Kevin and the fact that he is going to wear a gold jacket someday. I think so, yeah. Um, and you, just what I'm talking about right now in the last five years is veritable proof. Mm-hmm. It really is. And what's interesting to me, too, I did this on my own. During the, the tenure Kevin has been in charge, I know he's only been GM. 10, 11 years, but he's really been in charge of the whole personnel department for 10 years before that. So if you look at that span and you you find out what was the Steelers' average pick in the first round that they earned, you know, it was like 24.7. So (laughs) only the Patriots were higher in in that massive stretch. He never has early picks. And, And things like, I mentioned Orlando Pace and Walter Jones. I mean, like, there's some offensive tackles every year that never, ever are going to get to 24. There's corners that are 6-1 that run a 4-3 that are never, ever going to get to 24. You know what I mean? So there's positions, quarterbacks. You know, luckily, the Steelers have not needed one. But usually in the first round, there's about 15 players that would be first-round picks any year they come out. After that, the 20th pick isn't as much different than the 40th pick as one is versus 20. He's never picking in those top 15. You that's, know that, what I mean? You know, that's really amazing how yeah. you just kind of highlighted that. He never gets the no-brainer, easy first-round pick. You know, Cam Hayward was late. Watt was late, you know, in the first. And they turn into superstars. You know, I mean, that's really impressive to me. It always reminds me of Mike Tomlin talking to Chase Young, yes. you know, with the Washington football team. And he, what did he say? Do you remember what he said? It was, he's actually on the screen as we speak because he's one of the top 100. And it's, I think it was something along the line of Tomlin went to Young and said, I hope my team's never bad enough to draft a superstar like you. Yeah, like, something similar like that. I'd never want to be in a position to be able to draft guys like you because I have to be so low. You have to be so bad because yeah, you're such be a, a superstar prospect. Yeah. Right. I mean – it's not hard to scout LeBron James and Sidney Crosby, and you know. <laughs> I might even be able to do that, huh? Right, right, right. Like, Boy, I'll, there's a talented guy there. I'll take that guy. Yeah, right. No question about it. But they don't ever it. get that player. Yeah, and they, they never do. They're already gone. It's it's amazing. Again, sometimes you just don't really recognize the great things Kevin has done with that perspective of he's done this without being you know a top ten guy all the time. Or, I mean, you look you know, at Jacksonville; they have all this money to spend. <laughs> They've I know we don't have a lot of time, but they've made pick after pick in the top 10, and none of them are with the Jags anymore. Jalen Ramsey, Fournette, you know, the Bortles, the list goes on and on of these top 10 elite players they've picked that aren't even with the team anymore. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, if you imagine giving Kevin those advantages to build a team? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I, I think, I, I think yeah, we'd I think like it. Just it. Fine, yeah. No doubt about it. All right. No doubt about the fact we're coming back with more. In the locker room, Tuncher Wolf, Matt Williamson, Brian the Show Killer, right here.
This is Black and Gold Fan Habit SNR. I got the point. <laughs> you know, Brian loves to do that. It just like gives you the point. You know, Step it's like right up. You're the head on. coach sitting there and he just sun take it. You know what I mean? <laughs> get out there. Get out there. Do something. <laughs> you know, don't sit there lollygagging. <laughs> right. Oh, my heavens. <laughs> you know, if, if you guys could have just had one time where Coach Noel would look at you with that bulldog look. That's all you needed. Oh, huh? it just shrivel you up inside, <laughs> man. Especially you if you're know. talking behind his back in the shower and he comes walking behind you. <laughs> oh, that was, that was a bad moment to be me. That's, I'm not that's envious so, of that one, yeah. That is so ugly of, of, of visual on so many levels right oh, now. Oh, so many levels. You oh, know, man. the whole escapade, the whole affair of that. It's My a very goodness. visual story. Yeah, yeah it, it really is. It, wow. <laughs> that's almost as bad as when I was I sumo wrestled. That's a bad visual Did too. you really? Oh, yeah. I didn't was, know that was on your resume. Yeah, too. that was. That's You know try what? To, try to forget about that one. Yeah, we really. Yeah, I can't even believe I brought that up it's just one of those things where it's like my wife says you know she's she looks at me and goes something do you ever think you know your thoughts sometimes it runs from your brain to your mouth like a gumball machine <laughs> you know i mean you're not a skinny dude but you don't have a sumo belly ah, i mean those guys use their belly right oh they're huge yeah they're, they're huge and they just eat my first day, round right? opponent was six five four hundred nine pounds like yeah. the bigger the better right no matter oh, what man, they just yeah. eat all day yeah yeah and when I whooped him, we both <laughs> sat up, and he, he looks at me and goes, I didn't think you'd do that. I said, neither did I, man. <laughs> I was terrified. But they, like, lead with their belly, right? Oh, well, no, they'll lead with the, the thrusting punches. That's what okay, they'll okay. They'll come off, and boom. It's, it's like really, line, yeah. if you want to watch, it's it it really is the line play today. Okay. You know, where in my era, we led with the head. Yes, right, right, right. right. Now, these guys are all leading with their hands out front, and that's the same thing that, the like sumos. a two-point stance. Exactly. Yeah. You know, the thing about it is, and this leads perfectly, it's amazing how this happens. It's oh, we're like we're professionals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like chuckle to myself. So yeah. we just happen to come along. All right. Um, I saw the, slow, NFL, the, nut, yeah. the NFL's top top 100 players. Cam Hayward's number 57, Minka yeah. Fitzpatrick number 52. But here's the thing that, you know, the thing that stands out to me, um, and, and I'm, I, I want because you have a bigger league-wise league-wide perspective than I do. Mm -hmm. But Cam Hayward, you know, I look at this dude. He's in the ESPN poll. He's number four-ranked defensive tackle. Obviously, Aaron Donald is number one. He stands alone. Yeah, it's just unquestionably so. But, you know, you take a look at Cam, and you look at some of his his, uh, stuff, man. I mean, this guy's got – he's got – he's in his 11th year, 451 tackles, 58 sacks, one INT. We remember that that in Giants last year. He had more – INTs and he had sacks at that point, you know. <laughs> but you take a look at this guy and you talk about a man who was a multiplier of those around him. Yeah, that's what I was going to say about him. Like, stats don't do him justice, much like Good three, point. four defensive ends here over the years. You know, the Aaron Smiths and Kiesels and those guys. The stats are not going to give him the, the, their true value. But his role's different than those guys, too. I mean, he, he spends a lot of snaps as a true defensive tackle in a four-man front, rushing right. the passer. I mean, uh, he's not just two-gapping all day long and things like that. But I think he's amongst the best in the league at creating space on twists and stunts. I mean, for the other guys. With right. all respect Good to point. the outside linebackers, those big guys do a great job of freeing those guys, up, the smaller guys up on twists and stunts and things like that. I'm not sure there's a better bull rusher in the league. Especially the bull rush as it exists today. Yeah, yeah. This is not the 
um, you know, put your forehead in a guy's chin, climb the body type okay. of, right, of, right, right. of bull rush. Kind of like the this sumo is, conversation. Put exactly. your hands on him and drive him back with this long is, arms. And, this right. is the Reggie White. This is the mastering the uh, hammock-driven one-arm lockout. Mm-hmm. And he does that better than anybody in oh, my yeah. mind. Right, right. Than, I mean, we saw Quentin Nelson, who's a phenomenal offensive lineman, get driven, weaponized the keister of, of – Quentin Nelson drove him into Jacoby Brissett and knocked <laughs> yeah, him yeah. out of the game. Yeah, yeah that's a rare trait. Not many people pull that off. No. You, <laughs> yeah. I mean, compared to the elite defensive tackles, these guys on this top 100 list, and frankly, it as well, I don't think Cam's the best athlete. You know, I think no. Tuit's a better athlete than he is, to right. be very honest with you. Yep. And Tuit's a special athlete for a 320-pound man or whatever he is. I mean, he's you know runs like a deer for such a big guy. And the Chris Joneses and DeForest Buckners. There's a lot of these long athletic mm-hmm. guys that are more impressive physically at this stage of his game. But I don't know that anybody makes those around him better, with the exception of Donald, who's a different beast. I mean, you're right. comparing Donald to Joe Greens now, not to who he's playing against, to be honest, than Cam. You know, and just nobody puts much stock in stopping the run. He's great in that regard. We know what he does in the locker room. I'm not sure how much they value that for lists like this, but he's the man in the you know, locker yeah. room. You know, right? You, you know, know how much the Steelers value exactly, that. Exactly. You know, I grew up around the game, and you could see that. And um, there aren't many defensive tackles I'd take ahead of him, and I think there's actually a case for number two. No question in my mind that you could you you, you could make that argument. Look, he stays square at at the point of attack. You know, when they come to double team him, yeah, he's he's holding ground. I mean, mm-hmm. he is one of those guys that functionally plays with such a low pad level, uses his hands in a, in a preceding him way. You know, it's hard to to twist and it's hard to take on runs. You know, if you with your hands in front of you all the time and. He does that over and Extremely over. Extremely well. He's got a very nice rag doll. Do you ever watch mm-hmm. him with a push and pull? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a Those head snap great, back. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. He's yeah, got right. a great rag doll there. He's also got a good swim and uppercut, and then he's mm-hmm. got a high motor. I mean, he you does. watch him, he runs everywhere. <laughs> I know? remember when I started, and not even right away, but even now if I'm at practice and I'm on the sidelines and a run or the ball comes towards us and – Seeing Tuit and Hayward run after the football to the whistle right at you as a spectator is a little concerning. I mean, those guys right. are like a herd of buffalo coming at you Absolutely. fast with bad intentions every snap. And to me, that, that says a lot about the defensive line coaches that have been here too. No question yeah. in my mind. I like the point you brought up about what he does in the twist game when he's able yeah. to like create and cut a swath through, you know, get into gaps – so that when you run a twist, if you're the first guy, the penetrator, you got to get in there and you got to be like, uh, you know, like when you're eating peanuts, you get one caught in your tooth. You, be that you know, guy. And it's yeah, irritating. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You know, and that's what you got to be. You got to get into the gap in between the offensive tackle, offensive guard, or center guard, whatever. Maybe and grab gotta, a little cloth in the meantime. Exactly. Or, you, know, you know, you grab a little bit. You know, I've been mugged before. Mm-hmm. You know, people always. People always say, well... Holding is not just an offensive thing. Yes, yes. <laughs> right, right, Speak right. to it. That's it. Speak, brother. Speak. <laughs> and you he know? does all that well. Yeah. Exactly. You can you know, that you know, can have the habeas muggus going on yeah. by the defenders. I remember we were playing Houston, and they ran a Tom game, which is, you know, my guy grabs me and tries to pull me down to the inside, and then you loop somebody around, all right? And I remember this dude, he, he just bear-hugged me. You know, he was like... 
six five, six six, and mm-hmm. I'm six one. You know, and I'm locked out. I'm still locked out, and he's bear hugging me. That shows you how <laughs> short my arms were. But the one thing I did do, as soon as he did that, for whatever reason, I reacted and I just started drive blocking him. And I ran him into the looping tackle and took both of them out. It was wow. hilarious. It was just, it was one of those, those, you know, last, you know, on the spur moment things. Could have been bad <laughs> if, you know, if, if I didn't get the other guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was just like, what am I going to do? I can't see. I can't get away. This guy's mugging me. Uh, when I was at Pitt those three years, I, I was in recruiting. And the hardest thing to recruit at the college level are the Tuits and Haywards, these stud defensive tackles. Right. Just better athletes than everybody else. So Bob Junko, our D-tackle coach, I'm sure you know John, John. St. Clair guy, guy. he's a legend, you know. He basically just kid said, give me any tough defensive tackle we can get, and I'll just make a pile. You know, our defensive tackles were nasty, I mean, broke a lot of rules. (laughs) (laughs) Just dragged out as much pile as you can in the middle, and everyone else will make the plays, because we couldn't get the stars. Yeah. You know, John could coach them up. Well, Cam Hayward was definitely – I remember, first of all, I always – Tell the story, and Cam like shakes his head and goes, "But you know, when he first came in as a rookie, fought every offensive lineman." Yeah, you mentioned by that. By the right, end, right, yeah, right. the first couple of weeks, right? So then I remember after I don't know, maybe year two, he's he still wasn't you know playing a lot, and I remember uh, some good guys ahead of him, of yeah, course. Right? Well, that's the thing. You're behind yeah. Brett Kiesel, Aaron Smith, but what better teachers could you have? Sure. And Johnny Mitchell was the the coach who what a was great a spot one man right. one man Paris Island. Yeah. So you know, I remember DMR <laughs> coming in one time. You know, Mr. Rooney said, "What's going on with our number one draft pick?" <laughs> you know, it was just like, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was just kind of like uh, I'm going to light a little fire under somebody's butt here. <laughs> you know, but Cam has just been uh, superb. Yeah, and I, I look at him and I, I go, you know what? Um, nobody, nobody will equal Joe Green, mean Joe Green. Uh, and especially in the Berg here, but uh, Cam's about as close. He's the closest as version. He's the that 2021 version right yeah, now. Yeah, I right? think. I think in my mind, that's what I think of him. Yeah, and funny, it takes us back to our last conversation. Kevin Colbert gets him at like the 30th pick in the draft. I mean, very <laughs> end of the first round. Like, well, we'll take him. Absolutely, <laughs> you know, develop him a little bit. You know, didn't play right away, but that worked out. Well, since we're talking another, uh, lauding more more uh, laurels upon Kevin Colbert. How about Domenica Fitzpatrick, fifty-two? Yeah. I believe he is in the. Yeah, I think he is in the uh, poll. Um, but you got in his fifth year, two hundred twenty-eight tackles, eleven interceptions, three TDs, three forced fumbles, four fumble recoveries, and twenty-nine passes defense. It's amazing. And people really don't even like to go his way. Absolutely, I mean, they shy away from him, which is rare at the NFL level. I mean. All these quarterbacks think they can attack anybody, but they shy away from Minka in a Steeler uniform. They I see mean, that 3-9, and they go, up. Oh, you know what, we're going somewhere else. Right, right. I mean, I think it's going to be harder for him, well, it already is, to accumulate stats because people are not going to test him. Um, brings me back to Schobert and Kevin. The beauty of those two trades is you let Miami and Jacksonville give these guys their their, their huge signing bonus. So you just have these small little contracts that are super manageable Okay, you know, and and you get the great play out of him. He's my number one safety in the whole league. Absolutely. Yeah, and and there's a lot of good ones, and a lot of them aren't household names. I mean, a guy like Derwin James would be in that conversation, but he's been hurt a lot lately. Right. But there's much fewer true free safety Ed Reed types than there are Strongs right now, pseudo linebackers, just someone you can put in deep middle is really rare right now. You know, there's a lot of teams playing cover two because they don't have that guy. They don't want to give up the big play. But the ability to put a guy in center field 
and still not be a liability over the top to play the big play has a massive ripple-down effect, kind of like Cam does to his teammates. Unquestionably so, man. Yeah. I'm not kidding you. I mean, you think about his his football IQ is off the charts. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's one of those guys that, you know, you watch him, he's got that samurai sixth sense. He knows where he's going. He knows what, what triggers him. You know, he goes to the first, second reads. Um, he he gets it, you know. His last, the la- the final call that they got to you know run before the snap. Um, he just seems to be on it all the time. All and the time. That, let's let's face it, his return ability is, is oh, with the ball in his hands, it's fabulous. Like Ed Reed or Troy or one of these guys. Exactly, right, right. they're dangerous. It's dynamic. Man. Yeah, I mean, we know how great of a program Alabama is. He started very very early at Alabama as a corner. You know, I mean, he was kind of a freak among freaks in their secondary that's pumping out first-round picks every year as a young age. I mean, you can see the football acumen and knowledge of the game. And I used to say this a lot about Earl Thomas on those Legion of Boom teams. He was always a deep middle guy that I always equated it to having a great hockey goalie. Like, if you have this stud hockey goalie, those defensemen and your forwards, they can all play so much more aggressive offensively because – the guy behind us, if I screw up, if I pinch up too much trying to make a play as a defenseman, I trust my goalie to make the big save. And I think Minka brings that huge, that those other 10 in front of him know that that guy's got their back and they can be a little more aggressive and create more turnovers, make more big plays too. How can anybody not think that Minka's not worth a, a number one pick? I mean, huh. you know, there was a lot of reflection when he first came over, and of course, what was his first or second game he returned to touch, you know, right, pass right, for a touchdown? Right. It was amazing and, right off the bat. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of people are like going, well, he gave up a number one. Well, he is a number one. Not only is he a number one, but he's a top ten, if not a top guy. Yeah. You know, a top you know, whatever. But this is a guy that this is what you you, you put a number one uh, price tag on. Mm-hmm. He is that good. It's funny because they made that trade in the year before. I think Minka went 11. So Dale and I kind of looked at that draft class, which I don't have in front of me, and figured – with the Steelers' needs, where do we think they would have had Minka ranked on their board? And we came up with, like, fifth, because there was a couple quarterbacks they wouldn't have taken. Daniel Jones, they weren't going to draft if they were up there. So they get the fifth player in the draft on their board a year later without playing his, paying his signing bonus. You know, we talked about Kevin. All his <laughs> picks are, like, 24 or later. He gets one of the blue-chip guys on the cheap. Like, how genius is that? You Can't know, give up a first-round pick for him. Come you know, on. if you let me – let's see. Mark Twain wrote that, what was it? Uh, Huckleberry Finn, you know, you can, I'll let you whitewash that fence. You know, <laughs> yeah. Your, if you give me your apple or whatever it was. <laughs> you know, I'm sitting there going, come on. Yep. That's just ridiculous. And the Schober move guy? might be similar. It, it could very well be. I can't be. wait to watch him. I, I He'll play excited. Saturday, right? I would think yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They put him right into the first defense, first team reps. Uh, was it? What's the day today? he got there, right? Sunday. Yeah, yeah, right, right. He got there Sunday. So, Okay. <laughs> The show killer says, got to kill the show right now. We'll come back after this to wrap it up. <laughs> Bell Lap in the locker room. Tunch and Wolf and Matt Williamson and Brian Lamartina. We've got a crew today. Mm-hmm. Well, we got a crew every day. Yeah, you back know. tomorrow. Of course, you know, I also know that's how I ever know when I gained weight. I start referring to myself as we. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> yeah, oops. Oops. Yeah, okay, we might have uh, overloaded a little bit, you know, but anyhow, moving right along. Um, you know, it, talking about the offensive line, you and I were just talking yeah. off air a little bit, and one of the things that uh, has, is it's concerning. I'm not panicked, but 
is concerning now is whether Zach's going to hit the field. Zach Banner, yeah, the right tackle. Uh, you know, I went back and watched you know some of his uh, work in New York last year before he got hurt, and he he looked like a good quality NFL tackle yeah. at work. Had a good camp too. Well, Absolutely, about right. You know, right. Played very very well. Uh, the fact and they were that, quick to resign him. Yes, you know, which tells you everything you know. They like him. You know, right? Absolutely. You know, you look at this young man, and and I'm sitting there thinking, no camp. He's still rehabbing. I just wonder how much that knee is playing on his mind because you got to get out there like Devin Bush. You got to get out. You got to get it banged a little bit. You got to test it. You've got to be able to get some confidence in it. And one of the things you don't want is to be unconfident. Uh, when you're out there with uh, seven back in the saddle. Yeah, right, which will be the case if he does play Saturday or otherwise. It'll be with seven in there uh, and it meaning, you know, not in the preseason against the Bills right. on the road, you know, in and, and week one. Be That's a terrible not a time nice to place to, to play. Right. You know. Like, I have no worries about Devin Bush, but I thought he looked a little clunky in this game coming back from injury. And it it's did. just natural. You know, you've talked yep. about coming back from injury. I'm sure Banner will not just look like himself the second he walks out there. Only natural again hasn't practiced a ton. I would, you know, Dale and I ended our show earlier this morning. He was asking me, "Who do you really want? To, who are you excited to see that you haven't?" And the two that jump out to me, of course, Ben, and there's some obvious ones, but I, I think it's Showbird and Banner. No. I mean, I think those are the guys you really want to see. And we talked about this a little yesterday. You know, when Moore went the right tackle, it just raises an eyebrow. It does. You know, there's a reason for it. That exactly so. Not that General Joe Hag is right. <laughs> is that, that you call him has not done some productive work there, but certainly you know you look at that and you think, well, this kid Dan Moore is capable of doing some work at that right tackle. Yeah, you know you, you just well. Yeah. I mean, this time last I mean, year, I didn't think Kevin Dotson would play a snap. And when they drafted Dan Moore, I didn't think he'd play a snap. But that's not really how the league works. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, there's no question in my mind that first of all. Uh, you know, that both guys were capable. Well, Dotson was capable last year after we got a look at him. Sure. We were able sure. to see. Um, Moore has is, is looked pretty good. Yeah. You I know, something I, to work with I think I, the feet, the feet uh, is, to me, it catches my eye. He's got some good feet, mm-hmm. really good feet. Um, some of his body postures, he gets himself in trouble every now and then. But, uh, you know, he's he still comes off the ball. He's every now and then he'll kind of do that, uh, you know, two hand touch on the on the three technique. Mm-hmm. And okay, remember Dan, you got to move the guy, yeah. and, and he'll move <laughs> yeah. the guy when yeah. you know. I think you got to remind him, like Mike Webster was, sit down, Wolf, get yeah, sit down here tight, <laughs> you know. And he he'll be all over me if I didn't come down and bang the snot out of the nose tackle. Yeah, and it's you a know? little bit of a lost art. Yeah, it is with and the it, league and this team, right. to be honest. And that's with you. Right. and that's what you need on the inside there. You know, what right. I mean, you need right. people. You know, talking like that and making sure you're all tight on the same thing. But uh, I, I do like Dan Moore. I like his hands, how he uses uh, his hands to punch. You can see there, there's a little lack of confidence in some of the stuff. I he would does, imagine. Which, yeah. it's a rookie. Hello. Right, right, you know? right. But the fact is, I think with more repetitions, it hardens the technique. And once he gets past that, that hardening of the technique, uh, I think you're going to have be surprised what you have there. Yeah, I, I'm very encouraged with him. I mean, yeah, you know, a mid, you know, mid-round pick tackle, you would think, eh, maybe he's a project, we'll wait a while. Kind of like Gentry was a tight end, you know. He'll be a, a player for another day. And I hope that's the case. Frankly, I hope he doesn't play one snap this year. But 
it wouldn't break my heart if we saw him. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think he I mean, could do some good things. It's always interesting. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll, again, I went back and watched Kevin Dotson, and uh, I, you know, whatever the, the the issue is, and whatever the reason, uh, you know, with he's found a little ill favor with Mike. Yeah, something uh, happened. Is I mean, something's going on there. Um, this kid performs. Yeah, you know he's what a I mean. Player. And uh, I hope that um, you know, it's sometimes sometimes there's there's unspecified things that you know we're never privy to know. Oh, you right. Know, goes nor on do we need to. Right, yeah, right. Nor, nor do we need to. The conversations exist between, you know, two people, and, and they'll work it out. One thing I'm sure of is Mike Tomlin knows how to get the best out of uh, I'm sure Kevin he's Dotson. pushing the right buttons. I'm sure, and, yeah, yes. the buttons are being pushed. Uh, obviously, in Philly, when he came in, uh, you know, there was a they had one double team on a guy, and it was a big, and I can't remember who the guy over him was, but it was like – Dotson, okay, you, you're going to bless him, you know, the tackle come down and, and put two hands on him. I'll just walk him off the line of scrimmage myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's very capable of that. that his was, power is impressive. His power is impressive, and his ability to stay calm right in the pocket when you have uh, some, some pass pro, I like it. You know I didn't it? see the pass pro last year coming. I mean, I figured he'd come off the ball and mash people. Uh, yeah, right. that's what I thought. And I was, and, But, boy, he held up really well in protection. Even on the the longer developing pass routes and the seven step drops and things, not all just you know three step stuff. He was quite good. Well, I think he's going to continue to be good. You take him and you have that Kendrick Green there. I think Trey Turner. There were some good things I saw Trey do. You know, in Philadelphia. Um, I think I he'll think, be a lot better in this game too. Yeah, I do too. I think yeah. he's going to. You got to get a comfort level. He's yeah, gotta yeah. Make sure that uh, there was a couple things that obviously uh, you know. Kendrick, uh, Kendrick's got to work on. Um, He's a work in progress, but of he course. Is, you right. know, I mean, you got young guys. you got a mm-hmm. lot of young guys. There's a lot of good stuff going on. So we're looking for more, always for more, right here in the locker room. Well, for Matt Williamson, I'm Craig Wolfley. For Tunchilkin, who's always with me, <laughs> and uh, Brian Lamartina, uh, we'll just say goodbye for today. We'll see you tomorrow. You're listening to the official voice of Black and Gold Nation, SNR.